Want more from your podcast app? Graduate to Pocket Casts, your free one-stop shop for podcast listening, search, and discovery. The beautifully designed app gives you more control and makes it easier to discover and organize podcasts with powerful tools to customize listening. Hear all your favorite shows at pocketcast.com or find us in the Apple app or Google Play stores. Hello and welcome to Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. That's me, Matthew Side. Some more meaty topics. We're going to talk about provocation after the Carragher incident, drugs in sport, and we're going to finish with our dreams and aspirations for the future. Remember, you can use the hashtag FredSavSide to suggest future topics. But before we tuck in, let's talk about what we've been up to over the previous week. And I can see you're looking forward to this because you met my wife Friday night, Rob. He's chomping at the bit here. He's chomping at the bit. He's chomping at the bit. Certainly, certainly <laughs> did, Matthew, certainly did. Um, had a busy week. I was in Milan for Arsenal's great performance in midweek. Yeah, beat, played well. Uh, the San Siro. Did um, win. They won 2-0. Fantastic yeah. performance. Wenger got so much pressure, but his team produced one of the best performances of the season. Um, then Does I, that mean uh, he's going to get another two years? <laughs> another 20 uh, years. He, it's a big thing. He's got two years. I think you got... said that Wenger was like the last guy. At the yeah, just had too much to drink. Go <laughs> home, Arson. Go home. No <laughs> more, right? Then, I, then I, I got back to London. On, yep. on, um, I left Milan at half four in the morning. Done a UFC session. How'd you get on? So Ro- uh, Coach Roddy, who's Conor McGregor's coach, I'd done a, an wow. hour with him grappling. An hour? An hour. Is that it? Yeah, an hour. What a guy. Brilliant techniques, show me moves. What did he show you? What moves have you got? The guillotine. Oh, no trifling with you then. The guillotine. (laughs) The the guillotine. Um, That was was so interesting to learn. And then I went on to... So what what is a guillotine? So a guillotine is like a... Cut paper. um, It's the the chokehold they do, you know, and then tap out. Yeah. It's like, wow. Because you you can basically do anything except bite You can elbow, knee, no no punch. No gouging. Gouging. So it was was a great experience. Um, and then in the afternoon, I went on to see um, Sean, who was um, AJ's first boxing coach, um, and done eight rounds in a gym, learning how to box. Had a wow. busy day then. Had a busy day then. Then Charlotte Street Hotel. Charlotte Street Hotel. Matthew saying, "Lovely Kathy." Is she tall? Taller than Matthew. <laughs> um, Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got to say, what a wonderful lady. Um, but. We were right. Matthew was certainly batting oh, yeah. way above his average. Well, that was like, always going to be the case. He had, <laughs> had a pulse. He was batting above his. He was batting above his. Average. <laughs> so there's a few of us. So I got there early to the Charlotte Street Hotel. Well, you took your friends. Yeah. Did you meet all these friends, Rob? Mate, it was it was yeah, the most all, clever. All of them. It was the most clever table I've ever sat at in my life. I've ne- I was a bit. Wow, these guys and ladies are so clever. So who were these people, Matthew? So do you remember a couple of weeks ago, he met Mark Thomas, professor of genetics at right. University College London. The guy a cracking the... night, this <laughs> <problem>. <laughs> The guy who discovered the cheddar man. Yeah, it's DNA cheese. sequence. Yeah. Invented Robbie's Christmas cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there was uh, Aranthi, one of Mark's colleagues at UCL. Excuse me, what? Aranthi. That's a name? Yeah. A woman or a man? A woman. Right. Who's another academic at University College London? Is that a real, is that a real name or is that like well, you wrote a book up. about Indian medicine? Um, yeah. The bone about bone setters. I've read that one. 
<laughs> have you? Have I? Yeah. Oh. 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 I don't know. He might have. But then the but third so, one was a dark horse, such right? Such a clever lady. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Really, really bright. Um, is it dark horse? Who was it? Armon Loire. Now, this is an academic from... Um, Imperial College. Imperial College. Thank you, Robbie. And I went to Google him because he's written a book on... Man, history. what's he yeah. called? Uh, Armand Loire. Do you know how many mates with real names like <laughs> Trevor or Mick or Dave? <laughs> what are they called, yeah. your friends? Armand Loire? Yeah, Mark. That's pretty normal. And Armand and Aranthi. Aranthi. Oh, give... So, but this guy's at Imperial. He'd written this long book about the philosopher Aristotle. But then when I Googled That's Robbie's favourite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He brought, yeah. The, he brought his book as well. Yeah. Um, I Googled him and I thought I wanted you know, to find out some of the... Who was your mate? No, so Mark and Aranthi I knew. I'd never met Armand before Friday night. <laughs> anyway, I Google him and Jerry Hall, Mick Jagger's ex-wife and now Rupert Murdoch's wife, comes right. up on the internet. I'm like, what's going on here? Turned out he'd been at a, a party where I think Tom Stoppard had been there, the playwright. And Tom had said, you know... You, got... you, you rhyme these names off and look at us <laughs> as if we're meant to go, oh, yeah, the, the famous playwright. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he met Jerry Hall, started dating, and he was... Has he got a few quid? Her. No, no, he's, he's, oh, right. he's an academic. So it was a really... It was a fascinating... It was. When, when Cathy walked... Got to tell, so we're all there. Cathy walks in. I didn't see her because I had my back to the door. And Rob... His, his eyes, he's following this person coming through the door of the barn. I thought, is, is Kathy here? And I turned round. Then for the next five minutes, he was going, this is a miracle. Matthew, how did you, how did you pull Better, this? But I tell you, she, she, she liked table tennis. <laughs> Just yeah, that was I it. That was what, it. Yeah. Uh, she liked your backhand. I had, <laughs> a com- I had a conversation with such an intelligent lady. Well, uh, she is the brains behind you. She, she, you what did she, what did oh, she, she say about her conversation with Rob? And all fairness. No, come on, got, tell, got, the got, truth, no, tell the I, truth. Tell the truth. What I, I did she say in the cat? No, but I seriously, I wish I could tell you. We got an Uber home that night, and she said, Robbie Savage, you know, I was expecting him to be. He's better abrupt, looking in real life. To be abrupt. Crash. And, and yeah, well, possibly a bit crash. He was charming and funny. There's a one, I really chavvy, enjoyed the night. A bit chavvy. A bit, yeah, she's expecting chavvy. Might have been horrible again. I'm not. I'm just saying what she <laughs> might have thought. But I say what was helping night. Matthew out with a few words on <laughs> descriptions. So that was that was my week, and then obviously done um, BT, and then um, um, six or six, which was very feisty. Why? Oh, um, Will you tell Clive to start ringing in. Be, be, Clive, Clive, ring in. What the philosopher? I made oh, the mate. Oh, Clive, our mate. I made the point on six or six and on, on BT that why does Mourinho get so much stick? Yeah. Where his team, because so Spurs, who's who's Pochettino's done absolutely wonderful, Fred done wonderful, but all of a sudden. In the, in the era we're living in, Spurs seem to be immune from criticism and the manager. Yet Mourinho, whose team are four points ahead of Spurs in the in the Premier League, scored more goals, conceded fewer, could be in the quarterfinals of the Champions League and get into the semi-final of the FA Cup of the weekend. Yet Mourinho gets hammered for beating Liverpool 2-1, for going to Seville drawing 0-0. He gets hammered. Yet Spurs, they're, they're immune from criticism. I don't get it. But United are meant to win things, aren't they? Mourinho's meant to win things. I expect Spurs... At the moment, are still, I think, a little bit under the radar, aren't they? Yep. Won't last forever. People though. say about the money spent, and it's it's, it's, it's a good valid point. point. But anyway, so Ray phoned, was it Ray or Keith phoned up a Spurs fan. We had a good debate. It was a very, very good. I think it's part. I think it's two things. I think Fred's right. Expectations are high. Spent a lot of money. Big club. 
big manager, Spurs slightly lower expectations, but it's also what Mourinho sometimes does, his behaviour, his antics, the people he criticises. Yeah. I think he rubs a lot of people up the wrong way, Rob. He's I a winner. He's a winner, for sure. Not at the minute, not winning all. He won, two, he won two, two trophies last year. Which ones? The Europa League. Oh, pointless. That's not... <laughs> No, it's not. It gets you, that's cha- that's, it's, gets you into the Champions League, Andrew. Should be in Champions League anyway. Yeah, Man United. You shouldn't, Eddie, on, you shouldn't be playing Andrew, on Thursday nights on Channel Five. <laughs> Channel Five. <laughs> on BT Sport. Andrew. Um, oh, same thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Colin Murray. <laughs> no, it's it's very it's, oh, it's Dempsey, Dempo, Dempo. So. Them right. with Spike. So it's, he's a winner. And yeah. of course, we're not going to do the conversation again about last week, winning or entertainment, yeah. but he's a winner and Manchester United, for me, are doing well. What about you, Andrew? Fred? My week. Is it, it was half a week off because I've, oh. I've had a busy time. So I had the first part of the week off and then I was performing again in Fat Friends on Saturday night in Milton Keynes. Yep. So I went down Thursday, I had rehearsals and then watched the show Friday night. Yeah. And then it's interesting, actually, do you know we were talking last week about people coming up to you and we were saying Did that you've had a few problems and I've just had people tutting at me and then we're, obviously we're going to go on to that Jamie Carragher stuff. As in Milton Keynes, right, <laughs> Friday night, I've watched the show, I'm going back to the hotel, saying a Premier Inn, beautiful Premier Inn, Lenny Henry's done a grand job. <laughs> and I'm walking around the corner and then two lads come up to me. It's about midnight, half twelve, two lads come over, probably early 20s. First, they've had a couple. First one's come over. He said, oh, I fed you all right. He started saying, oh, I got into cricket because of you and this and that. So I'm saying, oh. Then his mate came forward, got right in my face and started, he raised his hands. So I thought, I've, I've put myself on alert. Yeah. And then he half slapped me oh, across what, the what, face. What, out of nowhere? Yeah, across my face. And then I, gra- <laughs> I grabbed hold of his head. <laughs> I got my hand and grabbed hold of his head and pushed him down and put his head on the pavement. Yeah. And I said, mate, what are you doing? And then he's, I forgot there's another one. So I turned to his mate and said, don't even think about anything here. Do not even think about it. So I got his hand, I got my hand on his head. He's on the pavement. And then all I could think about was this could go really wrong. Yeah. Because there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. yeah. We saw what happened with Ben Stokes. Yeah. Well, I was genuinely yeah. defending myself. Defend so I got hold of him. I said, mate, when I let go here, you either walk off or this is going to go really wrong. I said, just walk away because this is not good. Wow. This is not good. Really? Yeah, so he got up and he gestured his arms a couple of times and said, mate, please, just just walk. And his mate took him off. Wow. In Milton Keynes outside at Premier Inn. Wow. Yeah. Really? And that, and you were a magnet because they recognised you. They well, one of them was nice. A bit of notoriety. Hey, he is a magnet it. now. Look at oh, him. He's, oh, he's a hard oh, dog. The, 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 the first lad was nice. He's having yeah. a nice conversation. He's yeah. mate. But it was the most bizarre thing. But anyway, wow. Saturday, watch Fat Friends in the afternoon and perform Saturday night. Wow. Under pressure again, wanna? Oh, God, yeah. I've not done it for a month. And then I got there and they said, one of my scenes has changed. So I had to learn a new scene. Goffy it's, was there. Goffy came to I watch. I seen his tweet. Did Goffy they? came to watch. Yeah. Did that really? make you feel more pressure? A little bit. And he came backstage with his missus and his friends and we're just laughing away. And he's, hey, okay, hey, okay, hey. And then he came back afterwards. He loved it. He'd be brilliant in something like that, Goffy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was good fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed doing it, actually. What are you, what are well, you just doing? one thing. So, obviously, Friday night was a lot of fun. Um, Monday, after the pod, went back down to London, got a train. Did I mention this last week? I met Danny Cipriani. 
I'd written a column about him. Is he all right, him? Oh, I've got to tell you. Is so he I Jack's wrote... mate as well, but Whitehall likes him. I didn't know that. Yeah. What does Jack say about him? Bit of a knob. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. He doesn't. He gets, on, he gets on really well with him. But I wrote this column saying that Cipriani didn't make the most of his talent because apparently, I don't know that much about rugby, hugely gifted player, but you know, got into the celebrity lifestyle a bit, dated some attractive women. Not, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, Look, like, Matthew Matthew putting himself in that yeah. category. Yeah. Yeah. You see that? Oh, yeah. oh, like, he dated a few women and looked around for the reaction. Oh, just like you, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, but so, but then he he emailed me and he said, "Look, I think you've been unfair. You've yeah, were two of... peas in a pod, me and you. <laughs> yeah, we were two peas against each other. Talking about Kelly Brook, I was talking about Kathy. Uh, uh, and he, he, we we met at a hotel in London, and he, he emailed me really politely because he could have been angry about that. And he said, "No, you've been unfair. You followed the media narrative, but I've actually worked incredibly hard. I'd like to meet you." And it taken a while to get together. We met compared our love lives no he didn't and he was really he was really interesting we chatted for an hour an hour and a half. i'll tell you what he talked about more than anything else was the influence of his mum his dad left when he was young and his mother when he was two years old to earn money and so it wasn't a private conversation <laughs> well actually i'm going to use some of this in it <laughs> i mean he speaks to you in confidence <laughs> I'm going to use some of this in an interview of the Times. Of course, I think. You and, he, are. and he said, it, "He said no, you're going to tweet it. This is yeah. why you mentioned it now." <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned it. I'm going to do it on Joe. Articles now. Yeah. Be oh, plugging yeah. now. Plugging Danny. Yeah. You're not interested in Danny Cipriano. I'm going to be doing it. He's on plugging an article. Yeah, I'm going to be doing it on Joey's podcast. No, I'm not. Um, he he talked about his, and his mum works to this day is a black taxi driver to earn money for for her son, and she she mentored him through his early life. And it blew me away the extent to which you see him as a great rugby player, but you don't see the person in the background who's pulling the strings and doing the hard work and making the sacrifices. So it was a, it was... I don't have to read your article now. It's perfect. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Topic number one? Yes. Oh, yeah. Topic number one. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> that? Oh! Oh! Mike, Topic Mike, number one. Mike, Mike said in my head, do a really good intro. Yes, you so did. Can you hear him? So when, if Mike, if can Mike you hear him if when Mike he's rabbiting you, at me? If Mike and you said, give us a good intro, why did you Give us one. <laughs> Go on, do it again. Topic number one. No, somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in between. Okay. In between the okay. two. In between. Split the difference. Topic no, number too one. Much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Topic number one. Hey! Topic number one. Provocation. We've talked about this before, but there's a massive story today breaking about Jamie Carragher getting involved in a spitting incident in his car when leaving Old Trafford after the game between Manchester United and Liverpool on Saturday. It's interesting in the light of what you were saying, Fred, about somebody coming up to you in Milton Keynes. And it's bit him. But, you know, you can be a target. But in this case, see, in your case, somebody slapped you and you responded as a means of self-protection. In the Carragher case, context for this, Jamie Carragher in his car, leaving Old Trafford after the match against Manchester United on Saturday. He's being wound up by somebody in an adjacent car, and he reacted, and this has been on video footage, he spat, and a bit of that spit may have landed on the guy's daughter, just 14 years of age. Obviously a horrible thing to have happened. I think a lot of people are up in arms, and it'd be interesting to hear your perspective. I've got some views too, because... It must be difficult to be constantly the centre of attention, to be people coming up to you, trying to rile you. I mean, in this case, the provocation wasn't that high. But do you empathise with what Carragher was going through, if not with the action? What's your overall take on it? I'll be, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to that, 
I would sooner be punched, headbutted, or slapped than spat at. That's to me, that's the lowest. That's I got spat, lowest I got low. I got spat at on a on a on the field of play. Hungry Wales. Um, it was the final whistle. Hungry Wales. Oh no, never... Wales was hungry. <laughs> it's like David Attenborough documentary. <laughs> hungry Wales. Here we are in Cardiff, and the Welsh are hungry. They've been feeding on one kebab for the past six weeks. <laughs> Come on, carry on. Good, I that's good. Um, so, you shouldn't laugh about the situation, really. Yeah, um, no, you know, but 19 minutes had gone, the final whistle, and um, I think was a game. I think the game ended in a draw. I might be wrong. And I'd had a running battle with this um, um, hungry player. I can't remember his name. All all night, and then. He came up to me and spat in my face, and it was the most oh, disgusting, word. vile thing. I've lost my head. Lothar Matthias, the great German yeah. player, was manager of Hungary at the time. Mark was our manager, and I was trying to go for him. Um, because for me, as I'm with you, Fred, I don't mind if somebody smashes me in a tackle. Yeah. I don't mind if somebody headbutts me like I have been headbutted on the pitch. I don't mind. But spitting for me yeah. is the lowest of the low. The germs. The, it's, the germs. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's, vi- it's vile. Especially they've got a cold. It's, it's vile. <laughs> no, it's awful. It's vile. Do you know when you played football? I, I, I don't know if it, it's not acceptable in any culture or anything, but was there some sides or some countries you would get spit up? Well, uh, Hungary Hung- was only, Hung- uh, only one. Hungary was the only. Wasn't there player. an incident where um, Frank Reichard got spat at by Rudy Voller? It was all in his ear, wasn't it? It was all in his ear because he had yeah. that big ear, didn't he? Yeah, because he had turned around, and it, I mean, it is absolutely yeah. disgusting in the 1990 World Cup. And it's, I agree with both of you. There's something really intimate and horribly aggressive about it. Never happened other than in the Hungary game to you. No, um, but the provocation, the thing which, which surprises me about this is, listen, I like Jamie Carragher. I've been in his company. I think he's a fantastic pundit. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's in, that's no, not in question, is it? What, I'm, going, what yeah. I'm saying is, Fred, I'm sure the provocation levels he's had in his past as a footballer on the street, whatever, yeah, yeah. have been far, far yeah. worse. The obscenities yeah. probably used to him, the restraint he's probably had over the years. Is probably unimmeasurable. Yeah. yeah, you know. So obviously, it's in an instance. He's snapped. He's lost his head. Frustration of the game. I'm not sticking up for him because what he's done is completely and utterly, in my opinion, disgusting. Yeah. Um, and what were the um, consequences be, Matthew? Do you think? Well, I, I don't know about what size, but the, I've seen it. And you drive in your car, and I get it in traffic and that, and you get people waving, and you you, you give them a wave, or you you. Pretend you've not seen them. Yeah. And even if they're being nice, you don't really wind your window down because right. you can't be bothered. <laughs> but it's, it's a bit awkward, isn't it? You're in yeah. your car. And I I, I don't want to be cutting because you don't know what's going on in Jamie Carragher's life. You don't know where he's at. And you don't know what's going on. But then to wind your window down and then do a big golly out the window at someone, yeah. I just, un, whatever the circumstances, yeah. how does it come to that? This is what I see. I think both of you are 100% right. Uh, Rob, Jamie Carragher would have put up with very serious levels of abuse. And I'm just listening to you two this week and the other times we talked about provocation. You do build up tactics to avoid it. You build up a psychological immunity. You just, you know, I've seen yeah. you in bars where people come up to you, just say, you know what, I'm not going to engage. This has happened before. And you walk away. So what on earth led him in what is a pretty 
low-key incident but, to wind yeah, his window to I a agree. 14-year-old girl. Now, I want to say this too. I've met Carragher. We've emailed each other. We've tweeted each other. We, we've had long chats about performance in sport, and he's a decent person. I think he's an excellent pundit. What I can't understand is somebody with, with that level of emotional maturity doing what he did. Do I want to see this career, which is a new career for him as a pundit, and which he was growing into. He's a fine pundit. Do I want to see that destroyed by that one incident? Personally, no. It is so out of character to me for him to do that. We don't know the reasons it started, but like we said, but the, th- the thing is which gets me is you, you're in positions where he's been shouted at in the past as a footballer. You're in the safety of your car. Yeah, You're in your car. It's not like someone's in your face. You're in a bar or someone's had a go at you. You're in your car. You can turn the radio up. You can listen to music. You don't have to do anything. It's a family in a car as yeah. well who's shouting. I just don't understand what could take someone with his experience of that age, yeah. with his profile, to wind the window down and not have a spit. He coughed one up there as well, didn't he? <laughs> he really did cough one up and had a proper go. I remember being in a car when I was at, uh, um, on a different... Um, Scenario it was a crew. You remember when you was in a car? I was. In a, I'd a, I'd a, <laughs> you remember when you was in a car this <laughs> yeah, morning? None of them were spitting. Yeah. I'd, a, I'd, a, I'd a Nova one point four. Talking about in in the car as a, and I wasn't even famous at the time. I'm not famous now, but I was in a, my Nova one point four SR, and I was playing for a crew. And I remember I, I was at a roundabout and I pulled out, and there was a van behind me, and the van was flashing me. I must have pulled out because I just passed my test, and I must have been a bit, you know, um, a novice driver. Yep. Pulled out. Put my hand up to to, so to acknowledge I, I made a mistake, mm-hmm. and then for a mile he followed me, flashing his lights. No, I was I was like twenty one, twenty two years of age. Anyway, I tried to get away from him, and I was going down streets I never knew, and he kept following me, and I had to stop, and I was shaking, and he got out. I thought he's gonna, he's gonna, gonna do, do me, and I was, I, you could see I was nine stone wet through. You know, I had my crew kit on, and. Uh, I think he thought then, well, I can't do anything here, but I panicked. And another incident, I was with Keith Gillespie when I played for Man U. And I had a 1.1 Fiesta. Yeah. So we just come back from Accrington College. It's a true story. Yeah. Accrington College. I'm, not, I'm sure you won't make this up. Yeah. <laughs> we pulled, I was driving and um, it was two lads. I think it was a BMW. Quite big. Are you making it up now? No. Right. We, we were in Berry. Yeah. In Berry. A BMW in Berry. <laughs> really we, we, yeah so we're coming through Berry back to the digs and Keith made a gesture to them they followed us come to the traffic lights they got out they booted me car wrecked me car kicking the doors my car was wrecked opened Keith Gillespie's door I thought oh my they're going to pull him out here anyway <laughs> slammed the door the car was wrecked wow. Both got, honestly so that's two instances when I've been in a car where I feared for my safety massively. Did you have a word with Keith? Like, look, yeah, I can just Keith. out the window anymore. <laughs> yeah, Keith, yeah. yeah. Obviously, Keith paid for the damage on the car. It was, <laughs> the two doors were wrecked. I'd have two new doors on my car. Um, so I know we've gone off subject a bit. No, but, but, uh, it's, but it's not irrelevant because no. back then, there weren't cameras everywhere. No. People didn't have camera phones. Now, it's interesting when, Fred, you were talking about the incident at Milton Keynes. You were partly concerned for your own safety, which is totally yeah. understandable. You've got these two guys who've had a few drinks, one nice, the other one clearly off his head. Um, and you're thinking, what about my own safety? But the second thought that flickers across your mind, rightly, is if I now defend myself in a way that I need to do, but I do it vigorously, if this guy comes back at me when he comes off, yeah. his head's off He's the going board, nowhere. there could be a video phone somewhere. But and it, then it could, you know, if they edit that, it could come back to bite me. So I was going to ask, you know, if you're mentoring younger sports people, 
what would you advise them to do? Do they stand up for themselves? Obviously, we've gone beyond Jamie. Jer- Jamie Carragher wasn't in any threat at all in his car, so he went around his window down. He didn't need to do that. But if you're in a physical confrontation and you're looking to defend yourself, but you go a bit too far, it's being camera phoned, what do you do? What but advice it, would you give? But it was this tricky one. For, for that instant I was in, because... I don't drink, so I'm in control of what I'm doing. I'm clear of mind. I'm clear of thought. I'm genuinely defending myself. I'm genuinely trying to defuse something. I'm not a fighter, as you saw when I boxed. And it was was more of a case of, what are you going to do here, mate? You're just going to go home. The other lad was all right, so he he wanted none of it. But then a few things to spring into mind. You mentioned camera phones. There's, There's nobody about. But there was oh, loads of CCTV. Mm-hmm. I had a look around. It was like outside some offices, CCTV everywhere. And I'm thinking, this could go really wrong. Imagine, you know? imagine if there's a snapshot, the way it works. Imagine if there's a snapshot of you holding yeah. the guy's head against the pavement and that was the only picture. Mm. Yeah. How, yeah. How it can be... Yeah. How it can be Freddie Flintoff hold- I was holding him, I was restraining him. Yes, I didn't want all to happen. Yeah. And then you, then I thought, oh, Ben Stokes stuff. Ben Stokes yeah. incident, this is but it was a bit different, right? I just wanted to get out of there. So it it goes from one defending yourself, two to thinking, hang on a minute, through no fault of my own, there could be repercussions here. And I'm not no no. That's why actually I wanted to talk about it, to be do, honest. Do you, do you think in the days when you'd been drinking? And you have a slightly less control over how you. You'd have missed him with a punch. <laughs> <laughs> but in those circumstances, things can uh, flare up a lot quicker, can't they? Because one is less rational if one is going to be confronted. Yeah. What? If you if you if you had been in that situation, Do you know what? 20, Fifteen not, years ago. Yeah, but I've, I've never been a fighter or yeah. aggressive. But the thing you think about is with camera phones and cameras, some of the stupid stuff I've done. <laughs> you know, when you've had a few, you know, throwing eggs at David Blaine in his box on a night out. And <laughs> wow. And throwing eggs at David Blaine. You know, he was in that box on Tower Bridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, after a test match, you went chucking eggs at him. Well, I heard it was all the rage. There was a few people doing it. And I got it in my head. We, we come out of a nightclub, me and Army, got some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> went chucking eggs. He went to one of those twenty-four hour convenience stores. Yeah. Takes preparation. And then, then I got a phone call the next day from the agent Arv at the time saying, What were you doing last night? I says, I just went out. He said, Were well, you chucking eggs at David Blair? <laughs> How did he know? Oh, no. I said, Why? He said, Well, I've had the newspaper on. I said, Have they got any pictures? He said, No, I said, I've not been throwing eggs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, going back to um the incident with Jamie Carragher, yeah. so there's, there's there's no excuse at all. What even what is there any level of provocation no. that you would spit at somebody? I wouldn't personally. Well, I what be, has Carragher said so far in mitigation? Has he made any comments? I think he's put he's apologised. He apologized, he? He's put a tweet out. I think he phoned um, the parents and the and the fourteen year old and spoke to them and apologised. Yep. He's tweeted. He's apologised, which is obviously a very good thing to do. Very good thing to. do to do and the right thing it is, to do it is but I, I don't know what the levels of provocation were or what's going on in Jamie Carragher's life where he's at at that moment and I've got no idea all I'm saying is if someone has spat on my daughter I think I dragged him out of the car yeah yes what yeah, yeah. What, yeah. I think the fellow's taking it quite well to be honest but the spitting is is horrific mm. as somebody now works in the media industry yeah. <clears throat> what will the consequences be do you think I think this is interesting because at the drink at Charlotte Street Hotel Friday night, Simon was there, head of BT Sport, yeah. and his wife Annie. Love, lovely people, really good chat with them. He would have to make a judgment call. 
If it had been Jamie Carragher on BT Sport, you'd be waking be. up this morning. <laughs> it might, might be next week. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We'd have to make the judgment call about whether to hire him. Um, it's a difficult one. I, I think, I mean, a lot, every now and again, when I write in the Times, people say I'm a bit too soft because I often think of people having second chances. I bet chance. John Terry never said that, didn't he? <laughs> right, you're writing an article in the Times tomorrow on this situation. Yeah. This is, you get your journalistic head on. Take your emotions and feelings out of Jamie Carragher, who we all agree is a good lad and a fantastic pundit. You're writing in the Times tomorrow. This is your piece. What are you writing? I'm genuinely very conflicted about it. If I had to take a judgment call on balance, I think I would say that given that Carragher... I'm with you, Fred. I think it was disgusting. And if it had been my daughter, I would be horrified. Um... I don't think that there's any level of provocation. What we've seen, the bar was way too low. And anyway, it's a completely gratuitous gesture. He could have done his window up and just carried on driving. Having said all of that, I think on balance, that one rush of blood, he's apologised. I'd give him another chance. It's difficult, though. So it's interesting. Use the hashtag Fred Southside to tell us what you think should happen to, to Jamie Carragher. We recorded the podcast, as we always do, early on Monday. We were waking up to the news story that Jamie Carragher had been involved in a spitting incident. In fact, the first time we saw the video from the Daily Mirror was just before we recorded. Um, we debated it, and since that happened, Jamie Carragher has been suspended in the afternoon, and Rob thought, rightly, be an opportunity for us to reflect on what is unquestionably the hottest story at the beginning of the week. Um, Fred can't be with us, but Rob, what's your take on what you've heard this afternoon? Well, uh, you know, I've, I've seen Jamie Carragher's interview on the TV. Um, I, th- I thought he said all the right things. You could see the disappointment in his eyes. You could see the regret. You know what he said. You know, one of the things he said was, "What, what I hope after 25 years in the public eye is that five seconds of madness will not take over my life. Hopefully, going mm. forward, I can show the real me." I don't think that's a real representation of me. I've made mistakes, but this is a huge one. You know, and I think he's, I th- I think he's right. I think um, it's a massive, massive mistake. The more and more you see it, Matthew, it is, yeah. it is vile, it is disgusting. You know, what went through my head, Matthew, is that, you know, to, to of, of, of the kids out there, of pairs, of, of anybody, but the thought of, to actually spit on anybody whether it's a 14-year-old girl, whether it's a, it's a man, it's a woman, it's a, it's a grandparent, whoever. It's the act of spitting which is totally and totally unacceptable in any way, shape or form. And the question I'd say to you, Matthew, is that after I've said, in my position, I would expect now, if it was me who had done that, right, and I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong, if I was to have done that with my reputation on the football field, even though my reputation off the field is, you know, very, very good, I would, I would expect to have been suspended. And then the big question is, would I be able to keep my job? I think, you know, what in my reputation is that if I made a mistake of five seconds of madness like Jamie has said himself he's done, you know, I would hope if it was my um me, I would be offered a second chance, but I would understand it totally if yeah. I was sacked. I would get that because my, my, my actions 
was so poor that I would understand if after the suspension I was sacked. But I would hope, as Jamie has said, that five seconds of madness, you know, you might get a second chance. Is that fair? You know, yeah, I think all of that's fair. I've been looking at the comments on the Times website and almost all of them think that Carragher should be sacked. They're absolutely disgusted by what he did. A lot of them are saying it's a criminal offence to spit at somebody else under the Public Order Act. And a lot of people are saying, why aren't the police arresting him? There's also been quite a lot of criticism for the guy um, who was goading him on, on the road and why he was using a mobile phone and allowing... Matthew, the Gordon, to I, the Gordon, I'm sure Jamie Carragher, I'm sure yourself, I... Freddie, we've been goaded far, far worse. Oh, yeah. This is why I so, don't understand that the 2-1-2-1, two, one, two, one, a moment of madness. And yeah. when we talk about goading, we've all been in situations where we've been goaded far, far worse. Yeah, I mean, every day. If you look at it, ten times. I mean, it was actually quite a friendly one. 2 one eight, lad. It was no swear words. It was nothing nasty or personal. There was no invective. It sounded to me like somebody just wanted to have a bit of banter. So the, the reaction... As I think about it, it's absolutely extraordinary. So I think what Sky have done is probably right to suspend him because the public is absolutely appalled. And they are a broadcaster who want to keep the public on side. And if they're shown to have low ethical standards, you know, I think that might be a problem for them. Um, But but what you said is also true. You know, if you had done it or if Fred had done it, my first response would be, Give him a second chance. And that's I've seen Gary Neville's tweet, Matthew. Well, exactly. Yeah. So Gary Neville's just tweeted, I've just watched Cara 23 say sorry. No excuses, he's made a big mistake. He's massively passionate about football and he's overstepped the mark and shouldn't have reacted. I've been on TV for three years with him and in my opinion, this isolated incident shouldn't stop us working together. Two things. The first one, he's massively, massively passionate about football and he's overstepped the mark and shouldn't have reacted. There's hundreds of thousands of people who are massively passionate about football, yet don't spit on people. Let's mm. make that clear. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I know, I know Gary has, has, has been honest there, and it's his opinion. But what I will say, he's sticking up for his mate. And if you or, or Freddie would have done a similar thing, I would have also been one of the first ones on Twitter to defend the person I've known for years, the person yep. I've worked with for years, and, you know tried, tried to make people know the person inside, know the person behind the name, and try and make people understand that it was a more you know what, though, Rob, the, both sides. The, the, but the thing is, though, Rob, you, you would. You would defend me or Fred if it happened, and I'd do the same publicly. But privately, you would absolutely correct. lose your rag at both of us for having been so stupid 100%. And, and, and aggressive and, you know, if I said that as a moment of madness, you'd say, that's unacceptable, you mustn't do right. it. Publicly, you're defending. Do you know, I think that this is going to run and run, Rob. You know, he's been suspended. Sky have got another decision to make about whether they sack him. He may take the view that he needs to resign just to take the heat off. My sense is that this is going to be a story this time next week. Perhaps we'll pick up on it then. Um, but I think it's been a good idea to reflect on... Do you think, what Matthew, is a, do you think quickly, yeah. do you think there is a way back for them. Do you think it's a, it's a likability factor from the person himself? For instance, we've seen other people in the media get a second chance. We've yeah. seen other people in the media, you know, not having a second chance. Do you think it's what you've done in the past? If it, if, is it the likability factor of the person? Is it the public, the social media? If, yeah. if there's a big swell now of saying he's got to go, this guy have no choice. What, as a journalist, what, what do you, you know think? What? 
I think the answer is it really depends on public opinion. Sky will have to take very serious note of how the public is reacting. And if it's like a 90-10 split that he should never come back, they won't really have a choice, Rob. I still would go with what I said in the podcast when we recorded it, that just the basic humanity is I'd hate to see somebody's career be eviscerated because of that one mistake. But I do say, and I didn't say this in the podcast, but I'll say it now, I think the suspension is absolutely right. Okay, well, that's great, Rob. I think it's really good to, to have that debate, given that that was a really fast-moving news story. Back to the podcast we recorded earlier. Rashford nods it into his own path in the area, cuts back, shoots and scores! The Five Live Football Daily. This is just the beginning of something very special. How you can argue with his stats, I just don't know. There's not one player has played better in their career. He's been the talk of world football all week. Subscribe to the Five Live Football Daily podcast to receive the latest news, views and analysis direct to your inbox. Shoot! Oh Topic number two. This is drugs in sport. Team Sky, one of the most esteemed British sports operations in the world. They're in the middle of a crisis. Bradley Wiggins took therapeutic use exemptions within the rules, but a lot of people think unethically. There was a jiffy bag. So that was sent over to the end of the race, and there is an allegation that maybe there was a drug that he took that he would have needed a therapeutic use exemption for. He denies it, and it hasn't been proved. Uh, what, what's, been... What, what, what's the crux of this? As I understand it, he's taken his inhaler for asthma, which is against the rules. You need a, a CPO or a TPO or an FTP. TUE. Or an STD. TUE. <laughs> whatever you need. So you can take it. It's not... It's not illegal what he's done. Yeah. Even if he was found, he's done it. It's not illegal. But the question is, it's unethical that he's taking something he doesn't need to take to gain an advantage. Is that right? Well, yeah. So the background is this. If you have a medical condition, you're feeling a bit ill, but you want to compete, then you are allowed to take a drug which enables you to be on a level playing field with healthy people. Because often, you know, say, for example, you've got a long-term diabetic and you need insulin. That's yeah. not, you're not allowed to take that. But in order to compete, you need to take it. So, that, so if you've got chronic and acute conditions, if you get a doctor's certificate, you're allowed to take these drugs. Now, Wiggins had the Sky doctor said, yeah, you need to take this drug because you're feeling ill. He went to an independent specialist at a hospital in Blackburn who signed off on this drug. In said, Blackburn? In Blackburn. Blackburn, of all the places he could go. He knows in throat, apparently, an expert. In Blackburn? Yeah. Got, got this report, and then you send it, apparently, this report to the cycling organisation, and they say, you know, can you corroborate that this is OK? And they Were say, they yes. Wigan? <laughs> <laughs> so he got all of this signed off. But people are saying, you know, was he really ill enough? He had all three of these injections before big races. So it's an injection, not just an inhaler. Um, but he said, look, I've got all of the forms that I filled in, got the doctors to yes, sign Yes, but off. there's something about the computer now, though, isn't there? The computer. Right, right. So, so if they had that, the, the computer with all the documents and everything on it, if they had that, it'd be perfect. Yeah. But the computer's gone missing. They, they've lost. So the doctor from Team Sky lost his computer, got stolen when he was on holiday in, in Europe. Apparently, he did tell the police. and He, he did? He, yeah, he did. And he's got the thing from the local police station saying that he got this thing stolen. But there's other things. You know, this jiffy bag that I mentioned is a bit suspicious. And there's a range of other issues that are all tied up in the question of whether Team Sky and perhaps even British Cycling are clean. What Wiggins is saying is, OK... 
maybe I should have been more open about the injections because in his um, autobiography... Didn't he never mentioned asthma, he did, is he? he? Yeah, he didn't mention it. And he didn't mention He said, I'll never take injections only for vaccinations, but he did. And that gap between what he was saying publicly and what was going on privately, a lot of people think is too big and it's symptomatic. But, sorry, Matthew. Do you, know when, do you know when you come to performance-enhancing drugs? Yep. What drug isn't performance-enhancing? Yeah, they all are, aren't they? So, so, for instance, say if Bradley Wiggins needs to take something for asthma, his performance is going to be better. Yeah. If I need to take an anti-inflammatory for my knee or my ankle, my performance is going to be better. Mm-hmm. If I have four cans of Red Bull before I go out, yeah. I don't know if performance is going to be better, but I'm going to have more energy. <laughs> yeah. But I, where is the line on everything's performance enhancing? Every drug you take, whether it's a painkiller, if I was playing now and I'm on medication for depression. Mm-hmm. For me, that's performance enhancing because you, you don't want my head without them. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's like my side. You don't want to go in on your own. <laughs> um, so w- where do you draw the line? At? Well, I think it's a where, really... Where, I think there's, lo- there's loads of great areas because caffeine is okay. It's legal to, to, to drink a double espresso before you go and have a race. And Mo Farah, before the final of the 10,000 metres at the Olympic Games in London, he had a double espresso and he said his body started shaking, his eyes are popping out of his head. And there's a lot of evidence to show that caffeine, I think it kind of helps to store glycogen. It, it helps your running. It helps your endurance. Well, I, used to, I used to get Red Bulls brought on regular. Well, did you? Yeah. yeah and, I, and as a football player, I was always so aware what I was putting into my body. Obviously, I had anti-inflammatories all the time. Um, Painkillers. Painkillers, everything, you know, injections. And I would trust the doc, my, my, my club doctor. If yeah. the club doctor said that's fine to take, I would take it. The amount of, uh, the amount of drugs test I, I, I received as a player was, I must have had 20 in my, in my career. Um, but there was occasions where, for instance, this is how worried I was and how yeah. aware I was of situations of, of taking drugs where, you know, my, my boxer dog got ill and she was on steroids. Well, you didn't test her, did you? What? Well, she got tested. No, but the point where you're giving the boxer dog steroids and on the occasion I forgot to wash my hands, go to training, yep. you know, and I was, because I was that aware that on one particular day I got drugs tested and I'd, I'd say to the doctor, doc, listen, I'm not being funny, I've given my dog steroids today, I didn't wash, forgot to wash my hands. Yeah. If there, if I've touched my mouth with my hands, could there be a trace of anything in my system? How would I explain that? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So this is how aware I was. You know, yeah. wasn't allowed to take cough medicine. You'd have to ring the doctor. Which cough medicine can I take? You'd have a, you'd have a list. Oh, I, I'm with yeah, you. you'd have a, yeah. you'd have a list like the, the words I couldn't even read. They were that long and like you know medical words. And you'd have a sheet of what you can and can't take. Well, how would I know but that? that? The problem you with trust that is, because sorry, Rob, because the problem with that is, we, I was the same. We we got drugs tested when I first started playing. It was quite relaxed, and then as it got on, Wada got involved. I had to give an hour a day for yeah. three months where yeah. I'm going to be. So I said six till seven. I'm probably going to be in bed. So come then. But then when Robbie talks about, you get this list. So if I if I was ill or had a cold or something, I just you just have to suffer it. I don't want to take anything because yeah. mm-hmm. the Lemsip's banned. Yeah. Every, yeah, everything is banned on the list. But the problem with that is, is you get the list, but you get all the ingredients. Yeah, I don't know what's in what. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just say like a Lemsip or a Streps or whatever it may be is banned? Give us a list of all, give us a list of things that you can actually take. Because then what would happen is there would be some manufacturer in Ecuador that would get the ingredient into a 
off-the-shelf drug that wasn't on the list. And people would say, well, it's not on the list. So they go for the actual ingredients because it's those that specifically give you the boot. And it's because, basically, not everyone's honest. Yeah, but people also, are- as well, I was like, Rob, I was so, I was so worried. Sorry. Even things like, you know, you come off and... and I've, Protein powders and all that. Yeah. I'd sooner eat, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you hear all these things about cross-contamination and yeah. things like that. So yeah. I, I would have genuinely, I'd have nothing. But then on the flip side of that, I survived the second half of my career on so many drugs. I don't mean drugs, drugs. I yeah, mean yeah. anti-inflammatories, well. yeah. painkillers. Yeah. I was getting injected every day. Yeah. You know, into my knee at the end. Yeah, I was getting yeah. injected more or less hourly. Wow. But you know, obviously it's happened to me. I played for Wales in a in a in a, in a playoff against mm. Russia um, in two thousand and four, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Moscow, drew nil nil. Come back to Millennium Stadium, we lost the game. But in the first game, um, Igor um, Titov. You're making this up, now, aren't you? <laughs> Pardon. Who? Tit off. Tit off. Yeah. What are you on about? Where have you gone with this? So what I'm saying is, so when you're when you're on a level playing field and you lose the game, you accept that. But in the first game, tit off failed a routine drug test. Are you sure that wasn't the crowd chanting at you get that tit off? <laughs> <laughs> you sure? Get that tit off. <laughs> Carry on, why, really. carry why are you on. being horrible? Carry on, Eagle. I'm trying to be Eagle. sensible here. <laughs> Seriously. So let me explain. Yeah. So we're talking about level playing field, uh. you know, um, in performance enhancing. So Titov had a routine drug test. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Following the first leg of Russia's playoff with Wales in Moscow, he failed. The Too much female. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Titov, he played in the second leg. Hey, when they really? played in the second leg, he was given a 12-month ban and fined £12,800. But so as a player then, yeah. you're playing against a guy who played in the second leg yet was found guilty in the first. How can that happen? So how can that Did be they, fair? Maybe they had to test the B sample or something. Because I think you have to... You, you give yeah, but if he played and he was, he was found guilty, yeah. as a player who might have played against him, yeah. he has got an... A, an advantage over me, they win the game, yep. therefore that is completely <clears throat> not wrong. So should have that result been reversed, no? Well, I think if it could or be Or is it shown, individual? That's difficult in a, t- in a team conduct. I think there have been examples where relay teams in athletics, three of them have been clean, one of them has been doping, and they've had their gold medal or silver medal taken off them. On, yeah, on the, on the... all that, though, does it? Because that, that annoys me as well, to be honest. Go on. That annoys me. Because one, do you know when it did years later they start giving medals back and giving them out? Yeah. It, it annoys me that because one, I won't want that medal. Really? And it, they, they say people, oh, and they're all excited they've been upgraded to a silver or gold. I won't want it because you've you've not won, have you? Fine, you've taken the drugs, but that, but that was your moment and you've not competed. So I, I struggle with that. Also, as well, what annoys me more is the fact that you talk about drugs cheats and you talk about people. This is changing people's lives. Right. You imagine that, I can't remember the name, but it was an incident where you think the gold medal is gone mm-hmm. or the Tour de France or whatever it is, and someone's won it, and in five years, ten years' time, find out that they've been cheating and mm-hmm. it strips off them. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, if I get given that medal, it's no good to me because that time, if you've won the Tour de France or you've won a gold medal, that is a life-changing, yeah. Yeah. that's life-changing, everything that comes off the back of it, all that hard work... That is your reward. Yeah. But you've got someone who's cheated 
And he's taken all that out off you. He's yeah. taken the cookies out your jar. He has. Yeah. He could have changed your life. But, but, and you're meant to be happy. And that, but given the moral significance of drug taking, you know, say for example, we were talking about what drugs should be illegal, what should be banned. But let's say you've got this list, regardless of whether it's a rational list or not, and you've got some people who obey the rules and some who break the rules. And those who break the rules get an unfair advantage that can have massive consequences for the whole future of their life because they get all of the glory. Some of the people who cheat, they're not even caught retrospectively. They live the rest of their mm. lives mm. enjoying this glory that they don't deserve. And then you have somebody else who's obeyed the rules, done the honourable thing, who doesn't get any of that. There's a, there's a lady that I got to know called... Do you remember Kirsty Wade, the middle distance? Yes, runner? yeah. Brilliant. Welsh. And she was up against East German dopers who came out later as dopers. And it meant that she never won an Olympic gold medal, even though she was a fantastic... I think she's still got the Welsh record for the 800 metres. And she now lives in the Outer Hebrides and runs a bed and breakfast with her husband. And I talked to her about it, and I said, don't you resent the fact that you've had this life of anonymity? Gets no invitations to Buckingham Palace. You know, didn't win a damehood or anything like that. And she said it was interesting. We give them away now, don't we? <laughs> she said... Um, I just like the fact that I did the right thing yeah. and I don't feel that my life was wasted. And that takes me back, Fred, to what you were saying. I think there's an important distinction. You were saying you needed to have an anti-inflammatory into your knee to get on the pitch. Yeah. You were levelling the playing field. Some people take drugs and they take medications, maybe with a dubious doctor, so they get an unfair advantage when they're not really ill. And I think that goes to the heart of what people are asking about Tim yeah, Sky. Was he really ill? Isn't everyone trying to get that little advantage? You talk about marginal gains and yeah. these one percenters, right? Say, say for instance, for my knee, right? There's two alternatives, and one doesn't level the playing field. This is this is not what happened, by the way. This is hypothetically. Yeah. So you got one jab or one drug which levels the playing field. So you 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 kind of fit, but yeah. not quite. And then there's another one, which. There's nothing. There's no legal. Not not illegal in the sporting world. It's not. But this is a better drug. Yeah. And this turns your knee into ten times better and gives you a little bit of a kick as well. Yeah. What are you going to take? Well, funnily enough, that I think goes to the heart of this issue. Exactly. Which that's is, what I'm it saying. Was, it was a drug that you know. It, it helped manage Bradley Wiggins's symptoms, but people also think it may have helped him to lose weight and given him an oh, advantage. Yeah, well, I could have done with that, couldn't I? Where is this wonder drug? <laughs> it's called Triumph Similar. Sometimes I wish I had asthma. <laughs> what, you lose weight with asthma? Is it all that breathing? <laughs> And I think, I, I mean, that's what makes me uneasy. I mean, I ought to say this. I've taken some heat over this story because I've been quite complimentary about Team Sky. They're very innovative. Um, I think they've done a lot of things in a very sensible way. But have they gone too far? I think the evidence is still out to an extent. I think a lot of it makes me feel deeply uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. Because but, was... what is, but what is it? So he has, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So he has done nothing wrong at the minute. Well, well, this select committee report from the members of parliament say that, I mean, they haven't substantiated it, but they think that they were taking this triamcin alone without therapeutic use. But they haven't substantiated it yet. They haven't yet. So at the moment, but, but Chris Froome, another rider at Team Sky, his finding on something called salbutamol was three times the legal limit and what they call an adverse analytical finding. That's the inhaler. And they're currently investigating whether he broke the rules. So there's, a, there's basically a pattern here that people are deeply uncomfortable but about. Doesn't, but shouldn't you then, listen, and you two correct me if I'm wrong, please, 
that so Bradley Wiggins now is at, I the, will, center, Rob, I will. Yeah, is at the center <laughs> of all these allegations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet has done, as it's been suggested, has done things with inside the rules, within the rules. Yeah. Yeah, he is getting now all these allegations against him, which is going to affect him, his family, oh, his he's, life. He's living hell. Knighted. Yeah. Yet he has done something within the rules. I think it's an ethical thing because you, you look at, you got that fellow on his back at the minute, Walsh, who wrote the book on Lance yeah, Armstrong. Yeah, David Walsh. David yeah. Walsh, who hounded Lance Armstrong, nearly lost his life, nearly lost his marriage chasing Lance Armstrong. He was convinced Lance Armstrong was dirty, was cheating. And everyone was saying to him, no, no, no. And he just followed him for years and years. And he was, in the end, proved right, wrote a book. And now... If you don't want if you don't want one man on your back, it's this fella because we've seen you go to any length, and he's on Bradley Wiggins at the minute. I saw him on with Piers Morgan. I saw him on the. T- he's, he's doing really? the rounds at the minute. Breakfast TV. Oh, he's all over the place. And the, the one thing which differentiates between me, I'm a Bradley Wiggins fan, mm-hmm. right? I like cycling. I like Bradley. I like these a little bit quirky. He's a little bit different. You get people within sports who make a sport almost raise a profile, and in cycling, he's done that. And people are comparing the two of them. Right? You've got Lance Armstrong, who's been done. He's been stripped of all his titles. But if you look at the language they're both using, Lance Armstrong at no point said, he said, I've been tested. I've never been proven to be dirty. He never brought his family into it. He never started saying the knock-on effects. Lance Armstrong was very hard-faced mm. about what he's saying. Nobody's caught me. Nobody's caught me. That's what he said. Bradley Wiggins is very, very different. If you look at Bradley Wiggins' interview on the BBC... He's, he was emotional. He could see, and I was believing him. He's saying, look, this has affected my family. This has affected everything about me. Yeah. He wasn't going down the Lance Armstrong route of, you've not caught me. Yeah. He's saying, I've not actually done it. I've not done this. Can I, but let me and throw, I like Bradley. Yeah. Well, let me throw so this my in. judgment might be clouded. Well, I was going to say, let me throw this into the mix. I know Dave Brailsford, who's the general manager of Team Sky really well. I'm not having him. <laughs> no, you're not so sure about him. <laughs> oh, he'd be happy with himself that lad, isn't he? But because you know them and you think that person wouldn't break the law, you know, because when you get to know somebody and you quite like them, I think it's more difficult to believe that they would break the rules. A couple of things on that. Yeah. In Parliament, have they not got better things to do than worry about Bradley Wiggins' bike? All, all the things that are going on around the world that someone has thought, you know what? Mm-hmm. No, ne- never mind what's going on around the world, all these things. Yep. Let's have a go at Bradley Wiggins. Yeah. Well, I mean, heck, <laughs> you've got too much time on your hands. Is, is that really. Someone tell, trying to make a name for himself. I've got to tell. I've got. I had a massive uh, a group. A, a group. What do you call it? A, a selection of letters from Times Reader saying that they're very annoyed that with the, with with the number of issues that MPs could be dealing with. They're, they're talking about sport. What do you? Uh, why, why uh, did, sorry, Times Times Readers still write letters. Yeah, you'd be amazed. Every email, week. email. Yeah, but remember our readership. Some of them that they're, they're quite old, and I tell you, the most beautiful letters you get in in, in Jiffy, you, they they get a big Jiffy bag. They put all of the envelopes. You love a Jiffy bag today, you? And then once a week, you get about twenty letters, and some of them are, are, are unbelievable. Like, so one of them was from a guy. I can't remember his name, who ran for Britain in a in a. I think it was a meet in Crystal Palace in 1956 and said that after the event there were syringes in the dressing room from the Russian team. So you get some interesting stuff. But, so, so going back to the like drugs, and I think we're going back to one common denominator here as sports people. You put your trust in experts in the field they are in. So whether it's, a, it's the doctor, whether it's the physio, whether it's the manager... 
you trust these people, don't you, to do the right thing by you. Mm -hmm. And as in my case, and as Fred's case, you know, when we've put anti-inflammatories in our body, when we've taken cough medicine, you, if I ring the club doctor and say, is that okay? They'll say, yeah, you take it. And then you think, I've done everything by the book, as um, Bradley Wiggins has yeah, yep. suggested. Yep. Yet he's getting hammered because he's done something within the rules. Yeah. For me, when I used to go out and people used to send a drink over, like it happened on Friday night, yeah. even now, you even, have it. even now, and I, listen, I could, I'm, I'm, I'm not an athlete now, so I could do whatever I want. But even on, on Friday night, somebody sent a drink over, a great gesture, tweeted me, loved the podcast, but it was, I don't know, it was a vodka. He must have asked, asked the waiter, vodka, lime, lemonade. I was drinking. Um, but I wouldn't drink it. And your missus said, Kathy said, are you going to drink that? I said, well, I'm, I'm always wary from my playing career when people sent a drink over. Well, they could put anything no. in it. I say yeah, no. That's <laughs> God, how... Keep them coming, kid. Keep them coming. You are responsible as an athlete yeah. what you put in your own body. That's the weakness. Let me ask you, trust, you, you put your trust in, you know, in yeah. professional people. I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking Bradley Wiggins' his care is fine, but more, more the... The stuff that surrounds it is he's not broke the rules, he's not done anything illegal. And I'm trying to think, if I was sat there in the dressing room and the doctor came up to me and said, look, we've been working at this, some marginal gains, whatever you want to call it, and there's this anti-inflammatory, which you can take, which is legal, it's fine, it's nothing. You can't If you get tested, it's all good. But if you have that, you'll feel so much better, mm. but it's up to you. Mm. What would you say? Or if if someone says, you know what, great point. I, I would say yeah. I've got I've got this inhaler here. All right, you might be a bit unfit, but you've not got asthma. But if you take this inhaler, which I promise you, you can't get done for. You can be tested right now, having have it in your mouth, and they can't do you. Would you like to take it because you you might bowl five, might bowl three mile an hour quicker. Or you might not get as tired. If it was in the rules, yeah, what would you do? I'd take it. Would you not? Hang on, so I, do you know, do you know repeat what, that, no, repeat no, that no, before no, I get myself no, in trouble. No, I'm not getting you in trouble. I was, I was just going to think before I spoke, unlike you then. <laughs> and what, I, what I was, what I was going to say is, is if a, I, I would, I would love to think I would say no. If, it, but I, I competition I'm, brings out the best and worst in me. I've got to win. So if the club, if if the doctor come up to you in the dressing room and said, "This is within the legal limit. It's legal. It's prescribed. It's fine, but it's going to give you an edge." Yeah. Would you take it? I, I why why not if it, if it was being well, described by a professional? Like these, the, like, right, and for me, when I was a big one, I was I was heavy, yeah. right. When I was twenty, if someone had come up to me, and I, I tried Xenical, them things that separate your fat, but it went wrong. I pooed my pants. <laughs> so, right. So if they came and said, "Here, here we go. We, we've got this here. Yeah, it's fine. It's <laughs> it's herbal, whatever it may be. And if you take it, you're going to lose two stone. Yeah, you would have took it." Which is performance enhancing. Yeah, you would have took it. That is my weakness. I can't see me not saying, "Oh no, I don't want to lose two stone." Yeah. I, 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 I remember. You know, I, remember okay, I remember. I remember signing for a club. I remember really? signing for a yeah. club, and I was weak. I was exhausted. I was mentally drained. And I remember the um, is it vitamins and stuff they put in your body, like on a drip. Yeah, B fifty two. Vitamins and uh, I was there because I was and to get myself back again. It could have been anything there, but I, you put the trust in the. The, yeah. the doctor, the yeah. medical staff that, Robbie, this is fine. This will give you a boost. This will get you, it's all legal. 
Why would I not okay, do it? But here's here's no, but you, I'll ask you yeah. first before you go. And you, you was an Olympian. Yeah. Went to the Olympics. Not a very good one. <laughs> oh come on, Rob. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. If you'd have had an inhaler, it'd have been ten times better. <laughs> so if 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 you're going to the Olympics and then it's, you're there with your doctor for yeah. Olympics, yeah, yeah, and you're getting ready for your match, yeah, and this fellow comes up and says, you know what, Matthew Said, I've got this thing here, yeah. right? Yeah. It's fine. They can test you. You can piss in a pot. Yeah. No, I, you can wee in a pot and you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I give you this. This is going to make your wrist so supple. <laughs> going to be even though you've had a month in Olympic Village, and I, I reckon, I reckon your wrists are loose. I reckon after this, after this, after this drug here, your wrist is going to be so limp. You're going to be spinning it left, right, and centre. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a spring in your step. You're going to be bouncing. You're not going to get bored playing table tennis. Hair will grow back. It's, it's all happening. You'll yeah. be an inch off end of your nose. It's like, it's, it's, this is like the best you've ever seen. And the best thing about it, Matthew Said, it's all legal. Yeah. Are you having it? Uh, okay. The answer Day to question. that is, is yes. Wait, except, yeah. except. All right, Bradley. But one, with, one, with one caveat, though. One caveat. So I think... Give me some illegal stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as I understand it, this triamcinolone, you're only allowed to take it if there is a medical need. If the doctor says to you, we can pretend you've got a medical need that you don't really have, and therefore it's going to help you manage your weight, that would be, that would be against the rules, but you can't prove it. If the doctor signed it off and said, yeah, you, need, yeah, yeah, you needed it for medical need, but you didn't really, that's against the rules, yeah, but it, you it, can't get caught. I, would not, I don't think I would do but that. We, but if a doctor said, I can sign you off on this, right, a mate of mine, right, he's got two dogs, and he loves his dogs, and he wants to take his dogs everywhere, and you can't take them on a plane. Unless you get a medical note, what blind or something, off a doctor saying, you know, I need to take my dogs on on the plane because he's got sort of health issues. So he got a letter off his doctor so he can take his dogs on the plane. Yeah. So that's this is a very similar thing. Yeah. So doctors will sign things off. Yeah, but that's what, well, that that is the absolute nub of the issue, because if doctors are prepared to sign off a drug that you don't really need, in order to effectively game the rules and other more honest, who's people, in the wrong then? I think that's in the wrong. I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that, would you? If you, well, Fred, would you do that? Imagine you, the doctor's saying, look, mate, I'm going to give you this drug. You don't really need it, but it's going to help you win. But you know that there are other people in your sport who would never do that because they think that that is breaking the rules. You wouldn't want to unfairly... You, you would take it if you thought it was within the rules, but that would be breaking the rules. That's different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that is different. But if you dressed it up in a way which was said you need it, depends how the doc dresses it up, doesn't it? It, it does to an extent, and I think that, I mean, Wiggins. To be fair, to be fair to Bradley, he's saying that he never took this drug without a medical need. The members of Parliament have said, on the basis of a source, that they think people within Team Sky were taking drugs that they couldn't get tested for, but but, but it wasn't for a medical. I thought you were supposed to be innocent before proven guilty. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable about that part of the report as well because if they had said that. In a newspaper, they would have been sued, but they can't be sued because they have parliamentary privilege. And I think Wiggins is very upset about the and fact and that he, so, he didn't get a chance to cross-examine the witness who said that he was taking drugs. But, also, never... but also as well, like Bradley Wiggins, Sir Bradley Wiggins, he's done all these things, he's been celebrated, he's been given his knighthood. Hundreds of thousands of people come out when he parade him and watch him. Yep. Has, has he not deserved the right to be... To a fair trial. Yeah, but for people to believe him, does he not deserve? Everyone's all of a sudden, everyone's jumping on his back. Does he not deserve the right? Like Robbie's just said, 
You're innocent until proven guilty. I, I would say this. I think the presumption of innocence is an absolute cornerstone of our society, but I think one can say that he has definitely been hypocritical because in his book he said, I never take injections except vaccinations, and we now know from hacked accounts that he had three, possibly, I think he's admitted to four injections of triamcinolone, a powerful corticosteroid, that he was never telling us about previously. So I think, yes, to say, that he's defin- to say he's a cheat is not fair at this point, probably. But to say that he has been hypocritical, I think probably is fair. But also as well, when it comes to injections, when it comes to jabs, and I had so many jabs in my knee towards the end of my career, yeah. I was having them daily, I was sticking them in there. And I know, I got, I got a sense that it wasn't right. I got a, I've got a real sense of it wasn't right, this. Not so much we're getting an unfair advantage. I think I had far too many, and I was surviving on these jabs in my knee just to get me out on the field. I was on anti-inflammatory drags in my, my bottom yep. to try and get me out there, and yep. I was taking painkillers after painkillers after painkillers. And I didn't really speak about it at the time because I was told, not told not to, but advised not to because I don't think it looked good on anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I see not so much me. I'm, I'm having a go here. I'm not bothered. But on the people doing them yeah. and the medical staff, whether it was unethical, yeah. whether it was right, whether it was wrong, but I was advised and it was almost, don't, 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 let's not talk about that. As a player, anti-inflammatories, I think the limited um, or the maximum you could take in a day was about 150 milligrams. I'd be taking two, 300. Yeah. Because then, I was then... in that much pain to, to every day. So I was... Over the prescribed usage, yeah. but was I doing anything wrong? Well, I just it's... wanted to play. But I, I, I think with Bradley, I think the problem is cycling. Cycling's a massive problem. If anyone wins in cycling, you're on summit. Yeah. And the other thing for me, we mentioned before, I'm a Bradley Wiggins fan. I like the fella. I respect the fella for what he's done. And I don't want to believe that anything sinister has happened. And until someone shows me or it comes out of his mouth... I'm going to be I'm on Bradley's side. Okay, thank you, guys. Topic number three is what are our dreams and ambitions for the future? And this is an interesting one because, Rob, I know that on um, Saturday, I mean, you've got an unbelievable work schedule on Saturday. I didn't know this, Fred, until Friday night. Where you, you... trumped that. <laughs> no, oh, Robbie, you just trumped. Was that you, Rob? You trumped on her. No, I didn't. You did, you trumped. I didn't. That was you. No, you did. Stop, stop. You chair, you, you clown. It was not the chair. It was. You I saw by your face. It was the chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could tell it by did. your no. face. The chair, the chair. It's the chair. You, you know, you're guilty like Lance Armstrong in a press conference. <laughs> Look at the you. Chair. <laughs> so go on, Matthew. Come on, Matthew. Stop farting. So, so Saturday, you were telling me on Friday night. I didn't know this. You do the BT Sports Show all the way through to five o'clock, but because you're on six oh six. You then get on a scooter taxi that drives you to new broadcasting house and you then broadcast all the way through the evening. On Saturday morning, you also did some training for what you want to be your future job. Do you wear a helmet on the bike taxi? Yeah. Not mess your hair up. Have it tied back. Oh. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, being a being a self-employed person, a freelancer, I'm very fortunate to have so many employees. Um, and you know, Employers. You employers, don't have employees. employers. Because in my job, as we're seeing... You're always one thing away from losing your job with one employer, aren't you? Yeah, that's you know? Jamie. <laughs> you know I mean, so you are. So you have to you have to spread your net. You have to spread your net and try and do the best for yeah, yeah. everybody you work for. Yep. Um, and then obviously the weekend, I do that. I get get up at seven o'clock in the morning. 
go to BT, do the um, score show, then get the motorbike at five and do 606. But I've taken out my own time because we're talking about future ambitions. I want to be a presenter. No doubt about I think it. You should, you know, joking aside, you think yeah. you should do. I, I, You'd be brilliant. Because what I think, Fred, and I think I've alluded this last week, that I will never get to do the big games. in Because now you look at BT, Rio Ferdinand, Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Gary Lineker presents. Wow, brilliant experience, great players. Yep. one stuff and I will never it's fact I will never get on that panel because of my playing career so my next aim then is to think well how can I get onto that panel um, you thought about being a cameraman you could have filmed <laughs> sorry sorry go on why carry on carry on why Fred I don't know I don't know so um, sorry Robbie I'm so I've, I've had a system also queue put in my house to learn I've had, um, I've... You've had a horse again. Yeah, you got it in your home. Oh, here we go. Here we are in the kitchen. Sarah, <laughs> could you make me a cup of tea, please? <laughs> hey. <laughs> you, got you can't you be down. kidding me. You no, know, yeah, because I want to, because what I do is I, I go wow. to the extreme to be the best at what Amazing. I can do. Amazing, yeah. What sort of stuff do you have in the house then on your autocue? So it's like you can get them. It's like a projector with... I, um, get, I get what it is, but yeah. what, what do you read? Well, just like so, what? another. Oh, come on, give us a bit. Okay, so another another brand I work for, which is a betting firm. Mm-hmm. Um, they will give me all the the stats on the weekend, and the, and they will put it on an iPad. Yeah. And the iPad will then go the projector screened onto me cinema screen, um, and then I'll just say right, um, Liverpool against Manchester United, big game for 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 Liverpool at Old Trafford. But I just go through it, and it's how like, big are the letters on your autocue <laughs> if you're on cinema? <laughs> He's real big, but he's got no on you. What I'm, saying is, what I'm saying is I am going to the extreme to because presenting takes years and years of, of practice. I'm yeah, speaking, craft, to, I'm speaking to Jay Comfrey. I'm speaking to Lindsay. Have you thought Hibbray. about having acting lessons? Acting lessons. I'm being, yeah, I'm being no. deadly yeah, serious here. That would help, do you think? The one the thing confidence. that's helped me so much is not acting. I like to act, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I see Mark Hudson in Manchester yeah. and then the effect of doing the acting lessons on presenting on anything especially on theatre and all that has been yeah you, you, I can imagine the confidence the confidence you get to know how you talk you get to know how you move yeah. you get little tells but the confidence has been massive the, diff- wow. the, the thing I'm struggling with is is the counts so what you the 30 counting the 30 <laughs> you're stuck in counting sorry the 30 to the end of the programme and you have to hit the count wow. so all, all this is new to me listen it's going to take me Two or three, four, five years. And I'll never get to an established presenter. Like why? You could do. You, okay, I, I'm going to work at it. But for me to get into those big moments in the big games, my next stage. Listen, is to anchor it. Is to be the linear. Because I can ask questions. I can engage. I can. I can it'd be football. I can ask questions. Or am I a great reader of autocues? No, because it sounds like I'm reading it. But I can improve. I've done. So I go in early and the BT staff are so helpful. They, they help me because I think as well, we're going back to the type of character you are, because I'm a good person and I treat everybody the same in the industry I work in, they want to do it. If I was a wrong one, they'd probably yeah. say, I'm not, we can't be bothered doing it with him. But because I've got a reputation of being a decent guy, they want to help they, they, they want to help me. And credit that, so I'll go and do Mark Pugach's script and do the walking, do the talking, doing the counts. And after I've done six now already, and I've improved. Presenting on PLP. Yeah. Have you have you worked with Rob Northman? Rob, yeah, brilliant. Who's at BBC? Fantastic. Amazing man. Come to my house. He goes through stuff with me. 
Um, and there, yeah, have, I want there, to have, learn. there have been precedents for it. Jimmy Hill, brilliant yeah. presenter. Bob Wilson to... was another. So that's Fred... me, future creator. Love I want it. to be a presenter. And, and brilliant for getting the autocue and practising. It doesn't surprise me yeah. at all, Fred. Well, the, yeah. Property, so many, pro- so many right, we, we've, got, we've got the property thing. That one of the one things I'm looking forward to is seeing some of the buildings that we built around yeah. Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be completely different. Change attack from anything I've done, but that is something which, you know what, it, it's, it, that's not for me. Is not like I don't want a pat on the back and yeah. I don't want this, that, and the other. But for me, the thought of driving through Manchester, wherever it is, and then seeing a building, yeah. And that's for me, that. It's not for, like, well done. It's like, I see, we got involved in that and we've mm. made a difference in Manchester. Yeah. And it's not for knighthoods, but if they're giving knighthoods out, we'll have a look. But it's more so just for personal satisfaction. Mm. I think that'd be really nice, leaving a mark on something. Um, England cricket coach? England cricket coach, yes. Yeah. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? It would. Whether the, do, you know, do you know what? I'm torn with this a little bit because one of the things with it is... You think, well, it probably could never happen because of my reputation. And but then I think, no, that's absolute nonsense. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Good for you. Um, when that'll be. But then there's also the other stuff. You know, I've, I've done a, quite a bit of TV recently. Mm. Hollywood. No. Never Hollywood. Well, I won't say never, but t- TV from a presenting point of view. For the past eight years since I retired, I've probably been working towards this point. And. It's all good, and I started to get some jobs, but I'd like to do a job which is mine. I don't rely on other people. My own show, yeah. where I live and die by what happens. Yeah. Acting, yeah, I'd, I'd like to act, but I won't like to, I'd like to do something a bit grittier, like a, a real bad one. Yeah. Um, Bond would be all right or something like that. <laughs> you know, Bond would be fine, or on stage, The Phantom. I, I, a bit of that would be fine. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, You've got so many options. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd, I'd like I'd, I'd like to do something proper in acting. I really would. Matthew. I think for me it would be making a difference. I mentioned on a previous podcast. I still politics. have that. Yeah, I still. I'm home with politics. You are. Yeah, but the pro- do you know the problem is with politics is. <laughs> no, seriously, I've often thought about it. Is. it. But do you know the problem? The problem with it is, is there, there's only one job I want. Prime minister. Yeah, I'll, I'll go big or go home. Yeah. But yeah. you want to be the prime minister. Yeah. I mean, well, Trump's got it. Well, well, yeah. I've got a chance. Schwarzenegger was got, governor of California. No huh? You've got no chance. I've You'd got more chance. I would vote for you. I would. No, but well, because I you, want, you want to do something that makes yeah. a difference to people. I, I, I enjoy... He's not going to be prime minister. No, he could be. He would, I think he would walk into parliament as a member of parliament. Yeah, I'd be, I'm, you I'd be after his... you. Hey, Rob. I'd be after <laughs> you in his, parliament. Uh, hey, think about it. With his background, popular with people. So he would walk. He's articulate. So all those people have tried over the years to be an MP. He's going to Seb Coe was a member of parliament. What? Seb Coe was a member of parliament. All you do is argue in a room. Well, I it's mean, like sitting we, with you. All you do is just it, it, someone says something. You go, is another? Is another thing? It's by easy. the way, it's easy. Just need a quick comeback and put him in the place. From Sit a wo- down, Daddy Skinner, working class background. I think that's a fantastic asset. The amount of people who go into politics who came through. So that's what you want to do as well. I, I, well, maybe Parliament or writing a book on politics or in some way making a difference. Yeah. Charity that's involved in social change, and I can talk about that next time. Interesting though, guys. 
Thank Brilliant you. pod. Yeah, really enjoyed it. And thank you for listening. Order. <laughs> Order. Here, here. Order. Order. Have a question from our left honourable gentleman, Robbie Savage. <laughs> if you've missed any of the shows we've done to date, they're all available to download at the Five Live website and all the usual podcast places. Please use the hashtag FredSavSide to get in touch through the week. If you could leave a review on iTunes and give us a rating, that would be great. We'll read some of the more creative ones in a future pod. We'll be back next week. But until then, from all of us, goodbye. Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. Thank you for downloading the Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy podcast. If you like what you hear, then why not have a look at what else five live podcasts have to offer at bbc.co.uk forward slash five live. Order. Podcast lovers rejoice. Meet Pocket Cast, your new favorite podcast app for listening, search and discovery. Our beautifully designed app gives you more control makes it easier to find and organize podcasts and offers powerful tools to customize listening. To hear all your favorite shows, download our free app at pocketcast.com or find us in the Apple app or Google Play stores.